Hey, hello everyone, Sean Simons, PPG Grandpa. Welcome to episode number 17, where we get to talk with Doug Martin. If you do not know Doug Martin, he is the one that was streaming live to Facebook and had a paramotor crash, crashed into a lake. The lake was frozen over. Luckily, somebody came over and uh, jumped in, held his head above water and waited for the paramedics to get there and save, save his life. And this is his story. Thanks for listening. I'm willing to want to hear your story, Doug, because it's been talked about quite a bit. It, it has been. It's amazing the number of people that I, I don't know that have come forward and did cool things. And it really, the it's amazing what has taken place since February 15th. Um, Well, that's one thing I'll say. It's very, very unique about this sport. It's one big family. Everybody seems to know everybody and really steps up when something happens. Everybody's here for everybody, too, so that's really awesome. That's what I like about this. I mean, you know, I'm a former Marine, and I know that if I ever had a flat tire, I got a little, you know, USMC thing on the back of my car, and I know that if I have a flat tire and I'm on the side of the road, I'm going to have a couple of people pull over and say, what's up, Double Doug? Do you need any help? And yeah, but you're, you're wrong in that, Sean. Same you're, not thing a former, with this. you're not a former Marine. Once a Marine, always a Marine. You know what I mean. And uh, you can tell by my hair, I'm not in right this second. But uh, same thing with paramotor, you know, and um, uh, you put a little paramotor thing on the back, sticker on the back of your car, and they'll do the same thing. I mean, people pull over and, and help you. I mean, this is, this is a, a brotherhood and sisterhood that I've – haven't seen since the military and I'm really, really amazed. Very, very amazed. And I think I am ready to go back on here. There we go. All right. So I put everything out there. Hopefully we'll get a couple people in. Um, did you uh, queue up his video by any chance? Uh, so I'm getting ready to do here. All right. So in case you guys don't know, Doug Martin was streaming live back in uh, February 14th on Valentine's Day. He went out for a beautiful flight. Uh, I think it lasted about 10 minutes or so. And he was streaming live on Facebook. And lo and behold, something that everybody is scared to death of, especially when we start, you know, first start doing paramotors, something happened and he went down uh, pretty darn hard and he broke through some ice it wasn't for a passerby and uh, jumped in the water and pulled his head above water. We wouldn't be having this conversation. So Doug is here um, on a wing and a prayer and thank God you're okay. And we're going to be pulling up his video here in just a moment. So while we are still in the pre-show right now, trying to get some people in here, uh, we definitely would like to see questions asked and um we're also going to be bringing some more people in so we can actually talk with them. Uh, we might have Kevin can fly um, and who else is going to be jumping in? Do you know? Andrew's coming in here. Andrew is. Okay. And uh, any friends of Doug's, if you are here, you are more than welcome to jump in. Just uh, send Doug a message. He'll send you the room number on zoom and the password and you can jump in and say hi and ask questions and, we're ready to rock and roll. So we got about 10 more minutes. Um, I'm get Dragon Andrew on here because I can get him to, he can run the video for us. Because it's easier to have someone else other than the host try to run it. 
so we don't get the echo. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. So, Doug, welcome to the show, and thank God you are recovering. You had this worry there for a long time, man. Um, I was a little worried myself, I won't lie. Um, and it's been pretty remarkable the last almost 100 days. Everything has kind of happened in just the right sequence. So um, blessed, lucky, whatever you want to say. Uh, yeah, there, if, one, if one of the events hadn't happened, it'd be a completely different outcome. For example? Um, well, I, the first person to contact the police was a student that happened to be watching the live feed. If he wouldn't have called him, the police wouldn't have had the heads up. Um, the gentleman who saved me, my hero, Brad, um, his daughter happened to be looking out the window arbitrarily and noticed my motor hit the ground. Um, Brad got up, knew about where I was. Um, he crawled into the water, held my head above water for 10 minutes. Wow. Van Buren County Police had no idea where I had crashed. So they arbitrarily found me, luckily. Um, take that into account. And just the events that got me three days of being unconscious and not being a very good patient. I'm lucky a couple of the nurses didn't just off me in the middle of the night. Um, <laughs> but then with COVID and everything else, I got out of Bronson just in time to get to Mary Freebad. I got out of Mary Freebed two days before I would have been stuck there after, you know, uh, all the COVID stuff going on. So literally one thing after another, after another, if it hadn't happened the way it would have, uh, would have been bad, bad. Um, we'll, we'll come to this eventually, but where I actually hit in the lake, what I didn't realize, all I knew in my head was, Hit the lake, hit the lake, hit the lake, hit the lake, hit the lake. And I was doing everything trying just to hit the ice. I didn't realize that I was only two and a half feet away from a huge rock retaining wall. So literally, if I would have hit the ground two and a half feet before where I did, it would have been completely different. So every little thing involved played, I guess, a positive part in a really crappy incident. So, yeah, if you'd hit that retaining wall, that wouldn't have been good at all. No, it would have been the end of it, most likely. Uh, they they estimate my speed was somewhere between fifty and fifty five by the time I hit the ice. Wow. Uh, Do you have so, any uh, like uh, anything running like a PPGPS or anything that had your course and speeds? I I did. If someone could tell me what the hell the police did with my phone. It might actually have it going, but I have, I've been trying desperately to find my original phone. Um, the police originally had it because that's how they found out who it was. And they identified me, um, but I haven't seen it since. So I, I'll be honest, all my first flights for the first year, year and a half, I GPS recorded everything. These days, really, I just get to go fly. 
So I may or may not have actually turned it on. I'm not sure. Um, yeah, all that became a whole lot less important. Once I think I it's just, that's one of those tools you should always turn on, though, because something like this happens and you got that record to look back at. You're right. Um, well, I do have – I could probably have them look through this, too. I do have my GPS tracker that runs the entire time I'm doing anything like that. So whether it's the motorcycle, what have you, um, that might actually have a recording of it. I should check. That might be worth checking checking into. Um, huh. I mean, my thought and data my, like that's like invaluable and in like figuring out what went on. You might even see something in that data. Right. That's why I'm desperately hope I can find that camera. I'm not expecting to. I know the lake. It's really silty and soft. But I'm hoping it's sitting there right on the bottom. It's only about two and a half, three feet of water where I actually hit. So maybe um, I'm willing to run a rake through there and stuff like that and see if I can't come up with something. Take a but metal detector love... out there and you're liable to pick it up. There you go. That's a really good idea. And I have one too. So, um, yeah, that's, that's uh, the end of this week or next week's project. So. So have you had a chance to fly since you've been out of the hospital, Doug, since you've been recovering? No, and it's going to be a little while. Um, I'm at the point now where I can walk pretty good, relatively normal human gait. Um, there's no way I can run yet. I am having problems with uneven surfaces. I mean, the casts have only been off for 10 days. So sure, sure. I'm at the point where – my plan is starting in June, I'll start kiting again. It'll probably be uh, July before I try to fly again. Um, oh. my therapists have this list of required goals. Um, the goals are to be able to do a pull-up so that I have enough strength to be able to lift my wing up. Um, I have to still be able to mountain bike. Um, I have to be able to carry 50 pounds on my back. Um, and they looked at this and they said, all these are related to your activities. I'm like, yeah, that's all that's really important, um, are the fun things. So, um, probably I'm really planning on end of July, uh, will probably be from my first flights. So. That's not bad. Are you considering a, a trike or are you going to continue foot launch? I'm going to continue to foot launch. I am considering a trike. Um, the areas that I have to fly out of would be so much nicer if I could full launch out of them. They're just not real conducive. Uh, I have to have a perfect wind um, if I'm going to do a trike out of it. But we'll see. My first landing, if it hurts like hell, um, I'm pretty <laughs> sure my next step will be a trike. And that'll be fine. If I have to do that for a while, I will. We're good. So, sure. Well, Doug, uh, I know that uh, we talked a little bit and hey, shut up. We have dogs. Yeah, they, they, they saw something imaginary. So, yeah. <laughs> well, we talked a little bit before we went live, and Doug, you said that you heard or you could remember everything till you hit the ground and you also said that facebook truncated the video 
So the original video that was uh, streaming live actually saw you go through the ice and bubbles were bubbling up. Could you tell us a little bit about that? I can tell you what I know about the Facebook live stuff. Um, okay. The flight itself, it, it being uh, Valentine's Day, I really didn't care. Um, so it gave me something to do. Me and my son and some friends were going to go and do some indoor mountain biking the next day. So this was my chance to empty my brain out a little bit before my weekend trip. And it was one of those nights where the, the weather was, eh, um, it was not bad. It was a little bumpy. There were a few spots in the video where you can see I got picked up and sat down maybe three or four feet. Um, it wasn't scary, bumpy. Um, I've flown through much, much worse. But the flight itself, my intention was to take off from my normal LZ, fly over my house, do a loop, basically make my way back because the weather was flyable. And damn it, if the weather's flyable, I should probably be fine. Um, exactly. So as I made my, if you would have asked me where I crashed, I would have thought it was Maple Lake. So I thought it was in the lake across the street. I literally remember the bump that I hit right over what I re what I remember as being the island over Maple Lake. It wasn't. It was the peninsula of Ackley Lake. Um, but I remember the big bump, and I remember, oh, shit. And it was, you know, maybe four feet. And then I remember the glider taking an immediate right-hand turn. And as it was turning, I started taking more and more of a downward or face down approach. So my gut told me I'm going into a turn, at least climb. I went power. Going power made no difference. I just went straight to the ground. Um, so literally as I'm coming to the ground, I can honestly remember the last minute ditch effort of pulling both brakes to my ankles, trying to get my feet to swing out underneath me. So at least I wouldn't land face first. And that's the last thing I remember is pulling from my ankles. Um, that was a moment or two, uh, you know, a couple of seconds before I hit the ice. Um, the original video, what I'm told anyway, is the original video actually had me hitting the ice and had a minute or two of the camera actually being underwater and being able to see that effect. Um, one of the gentlemen I work with who runs my who runs the maintenance the maintenance department at the college, um, who is also a past student, happened to be watching the live video. And he's the one that made the original phone call to the police that I had crashed because he had actually seen me hit the ice and had seen the water and didn't see anything move. Um, so he was the first phone call. Immediately after that, the state police said that uh, Brad, the gentleman who basically saved my ass, um, had made the call telling them where I was located. That is absolutely amazing and i'm sure that i speak for everyone out there we are so glad so glad that you are doing so much better and you're you're ready to 
to kite in next month, and do you think that you probably uh, I'll pro probably in end, end of next week, the following week, I'll be kiting. So end of end of first part of June, I'll be kiting. So that's amazing because um, from what I've heard and from what I believe happened, you actually died underneath the water. I mean, if it wasn't for someone pulling you up and uh, giving you resuscitation, you, you were actually dead. Is that correct? Well, um, there's an area I'm not sure. The, the, the fact that I crashed into really cold, icy water is the first thing that saved my ass. Um, that wouldn't have been for that. Literally hitting the ice slowed my body down so much um, that me not breathing apparently didn't matter. Um, through all of this, the number one reason that I really well, other than God himself deciding I needed a second chance, the number one reason that I made it through any of this was because I was in, I'm in pretty good physical condition. Um, I do a lot of mountain bike racing, a lot of that kind of stuff. Um, I crashed in really, really good shape. Um, I really think that allowed me to do without oxygen for a long time. When, when, uh, when Brad actually pulled my head out of the water, he said he pulled my head out of the water, I wasn't breathing. Um, he said, as I laid there for a minute, I started breathing on my own. They figured I was probably underwater for five to 10 minutes. So it's highly likely that if he wanted to pull me up, I'd, we'd be gone. Um, so whether I was officially dead i'm not sure um i'm really glad he didn't have to give me cpr to bring me back um because that would scar him for life um, <laughs> but uh I, I don't know so i was definitely nowhere near the earth for at least 10 minutes um so this is this, this guy's the the john snow of paramotor right here i have enough you have his video on your end there, don't you? Which one is that, Doug? Uh, of Doug crashing. Do you have that? Uh, no, I'm not on my computer right now. I'm pulled up on my mobile. Does Andrew have it? Let's see if, it, if Andrew can. Can you hear us, Andrew? You're muted, Andrew. Can you hear me now? No, I, yeah, I, I, was, watching, I was watching the live stream. I think uh, Linda Anderson had tagged me in it, and I jumped on and was watching the live stream as you were coming across. and. I watched you take that big whack over the trees, Doug, and it looked like you just took like a 50% asymmetric and it just spiraled you down hard without time to pump it out. I mean, that was kind of what I saw from the vantage point. In all, in all honesty, now that I know that area, um, it was a really, really cold night. Um, there's also some things in that area that generate a ton of heat. So I wonder if that may have played something into it as well. A big temperature difference or uh, me having flown through something that provided a lot of lift or acted as a thermal um, may have been an issue too. What were the winds like that day? So these are, these are one of the things that I was wondering because I didn't get any of the details beforehand. The, the oh. pre-takeoff conditions, was it gusty? Was it smooth? Was it a butterfly? How would you explain the flight beforehand? All right, so let's, um, 
scratch the time, but let's say I took off at five o'clock. I flew for an hour, was planning on landing at six. At five o'clock, winds were maybe seven, gusting 14. Um, by the time the crash actually happened, I would say they would be reporting somewhere around four gusting seven, four gusting eight. Um, it had gotten, I expected a smooth flight the rest of the way home. Um, it had gotten pretty nice. That big hit that I took right before I went into, into my spiral was a huge surprise. Um, I had had nothing like that for quite a while before me, before that. Yeah, okay. there are a lot of different um, theories out there. Uh, one of the theories is, is that your left uh, Jesus bolt sheared, which shifted the wing this way and caught you in a spin that you couldn't get out of. And we talked before the show, Doug, and you said that it could have been your tip steering line. Yeah, a tip steering line is something I'm suspicious of. Um, if it is tip steer related, it's my fault um, because I made a modification to the tip steer on that wing. However, the modification should have made no difference whatsoever. It really hadn't played a part in anything up to this point. But in checking the wing itself, the paramedics cut my harness off, cut the clothing off. They cut a couple lines of the wing, but the right hand tip steer line is stretched to the point where it snapped and the D-ring that holds the tip steer line to the riser is physically unhinged. So it had enough tension to want to pull that line out of the uh, out of the riser itself. That sounds like it got caught in a prop or something. It does almost. Now, for what it's worth, this sounds terrible. I've caught lines and props in flight before. It's usually a pretty noticeable thing. I didn't notice anything. Um, Usually, you know, it's a pull and you hear the snap and you feel it in your machine that you're so used to doesn't feel right. I never got any of that. Were um, you on throttle when this happened or were you off throttle? I was originally uh, at mid throttle. When I started to spiral, my gut reaction was pull that sucker and try to climb. And pulling, I didn't climb any. I stayed at the same rate and pretty much that hit the ground at full throttle, so. I was wondering, maybe the line somehow hooked, you know, on one of the bolts for the prop, you know, from the backside or caught something, caught the belt. I Actually, I wonder if it caught the netting because I had had a problem a few flights earlier with some of the lines, one of the lines actually catching the net for a second and thinking that was really bizarre that it did that because it never happened before. Um, the way I got tossed in the air and dropped, maybe something caught the net. I'm not positive. Um, there really isn't anything on there for it to get hooked on other than the strobe. Um, and I have no idea if that survived or not. But so just yeah. out of curiosity, Doug, what motor and wing were you flying when this happened? Okay, the the motor I'm flying, I have flown since my fifth hour of flying. Um so it's a SkyMax Star, it's a Moster 185. Um, okay. I've got about 
265 hours on it. Um, it's been rebuilt twice. It's been crashed once or twice. It's been a great machine. Um, and then I was flying a 23 meter EPCO Lift EZ. 23 meter, and you weighed how much at the time? Uh, 185, 190 pounds. Well, winter gear, 200 pounds. So I was at 100% load for the weight. Um, and I've, I've checked all the numbers on that. I was pretty darn close to 100%. And the wing flew fantastic. I hated the tip steer on that thing, but the wing itself was fantastic. Really big, wide power range, very responsive, very, well, up to this point, reliable. Um, and that was one more thing that I noticed with the wing is I have a couple cells on the right-hand side of the wing that are torn open. I genuinely think that happened, though, when the paramedics were pulling everything out. Um, I'm not positive. I can't tell. Um, only reason I say that is there was a small piece of carbon fiber stuck inside one cell. So I have to think maybe that happened when I hit the ground with the prop spinning. Um, and then that's where that came from. But um, the wing, the wing I bought with maybe three or four hours on it, I had probably 100, 120 hours on the wing. Um, always take real good care of my stuff. It was inspected before all of this. Even the lines that I tied off for the tip steer, um, I don't want anything to come untied. So I tied everything and I glued it to make sure it didn't come untied. Trying to be anal about it. Um, so I don't, I don't see it in something that I did. But at the same time, I suspect something in that tip steer system caused the problem or caused part of the collapse. And uh, I modified it. So if that's the case, then I'm taking personal responsibility. Well, one of the things that I know from my experience when I did SIV courses was that all of the pilots that came and flew an APCO wing were either pulled aside and had a special um, explanation on how they were going to practice maneuvers when it came to collapses, or they were offered a substitution wing to do the SIV course with. Um, the instructors that I was around, <clears throat> they were not fond of the APCO wings. They like APCO harnesses, they like APCO reserves, but they don't like the wings particularly. Now, I, I don't know if APCO has um, updated their, their plans and used the new airfoil, something that's less collapse resistant or something that opens back up easier. But what we were finding in the SIV course was when the tips would come in, they would actually lock in even on a low wing, like a, like a A or a B wing, if you could get the tip to come in and then rest against the lines, and it would basically big ear, and you had to have a full course change and a lot of pumping and effort to try to pump out the grass. That would actually, that reinforces some issues that I've had with it over time. Um, you do not, on that wing, no matter what, you, uh, sorry, um, um, that wing acts really weird with the edges. So when it comes to descending and stuff like that, um, that wing is different 
than some of the other wings that I've flown. Um, even though it had tip steer right in the manual itself, it tells you not to big ears it. And a couple of times I did try big ears because what the hell I'm waving the air. And it did do that. The tips kind of stuck to where I had to shake the brakes in order to actually get the tips to pop back out. So that wouldn't, that would make sense to me. I've experienced that. Hmm. Uh, but that's still, you know, with the tip stirring, it still doesn't make sense where you had that big boom and then you started to, to turn. I mean, it just, it seems like, and maybe Kevin can, can, you know, think about this too, that the J bar, if that sheared and then his risers went up, right? Uh, it would cause him to go into a spiral. What do you think yeah. about I, I, I've, I've sat and I've had this conversation online with a couple of people and it depends on the actual geometry of the motor. Some of them, if you were to shear the arm, the safety strap that comes up and supports your backside generally would only allow the riser to rise anywhere between three and maybe six inches. So you would just get a really big weight shift turn. And in theory, unless you're flying a really small or really hot wing, you should be able to weight shift and brake correct and at least have some sort of control of your heading. You might maintain a constant right or constant left-hand turn, but you should be able to monitor that turn and not have it be so severe. I think a lot of it uh, from what I saw, and it's just my personal perspective, was right as you took what looked like the collapse was you were kind of behind some trees and what could have been, and you mentioned this was the temperature was really cold and you were kind of near houses. And a lot of people in that area will, will use their fireplace as a heating source. The fireplace is a condensed heat thermal. And so when you mix that really hot air with that really cold air, and then compound it by going right behind the tree into what would be a little bit of rotor. You've got all three elements that just make the perfect storm of a collapse. Then you compound it with it being the APCO wing that likes to tuck its tips at a low altitude. I mean, you just, you see how they start compounding one after another. Right. I don't, that, that I don't was think one of the issues. There's, there's a little, there's kind of a smaller farm factory over by that side too. That I know was probably burning wood and probably had a considerable amount of heat generated that I never even thought about flying over. You know, and, and it's that downwind. See, this this is where, like, I was watching the video of uh, uh, what is it, North Carolina PPG today, and he was talking about the helicopter and the way that the rotor disperses on the helicopter and flying out and away from the wake vortices to not have it collapse his wing. A lot of times what we don't consider is how far downwind those travel at such a low altitude. They don't just rise up. I mean, when we think of thermals, we think of a column that goes up. But a lot of times those columns are almost linear. And if that heat source is a couple hundred or a couple thousand meters upwind of you, that heat source disperses and then comes out and grows. And as we all know from water examples, hot always mixes with cold which will always create a turbulent air source so it's just a lot of a lot of factors that could be considered without just jumping to uh, equipment failure if you want to know for sure but the j bars and the harness are in the basement i'll go grab it a second and look at the, the tip on it if you want 
Um, well, I take your word for it. If you say they weren't broken, I believe they weren't broken. I'm pretty sure that in all my, I mean, I looked every inch of that thing over. Um, it did tear one of the line. Uh, it's got one of the straps, one of the ground handling straps that I've broken a couple times. It broke mm -hmm. one of the ground handling straps. So if I oh, noticed sure. that one, I think I would have noticed any of the other ones broken. Well, um, do we have any questions in chat that uh, you might want to ask Doug? Here. Can you see up. Nick? Yeah, that's what I'm looking at here in a second. So John Adams says, in the prior video, I remember him saying the winds were stronger than he liked. Then it shocked me to see him flying after watching Kite the Wind. I remember this day. Usually, if the wind gusts are double what the ground speed is, typically I won't fly. My overall, my, my gut limit is gusts at 17 and stable winds at 10. That's about my absolute limit. It was getting pretty close to that while I was kiting before I went flying. As I flew, it got better and better and better as I kept going. Yeah, that's generally the 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 trend that we see, is, and this is one of the things that I try to explain to my students is the the morning time can be tricky. The evening is a little more predictable as the conditions start to fade out with the day. Generally, they taper out and smooth out with the sunset, whereas the morning can start out really gentle and become thermic and violent with you know little to no warning. So, I, well, I get that. Well, as soon as that sun stops hitting the earth, all those little thermals go away. And it, it was one of those, I was considering flying right up until um, I still had my, my strobe, so I was going to fly right to my limit. It was nice enough to do that. Sure. <laughs> no doubt. Now, you said that you have a camera, a GoPro that you had on your helmet that's in that area right now. You possibly have an app that has the the um, the, the flight. And did you use uh, what is that one um, thing that you can do with uh, Skyfly High, where it automatically sends your information to? Is it Tracker24.com? No, my uh, through my Verizon, I've got a uh, a Google app that's kind of a GPS follow. That I've, I'm never in the same place ever. So it's a good way for the kids to know where I'm at and what have you. Um, most likely it was a paragliding dashboard that would have been recording it. The, this is the very, very first flight in two years that I was going to do a takeoff to landing live stream. So I had a GoPro chesty on and I had my phone on that GoPro chesty and I had my regular GoPro on my helmet. Now I'm pretty sure, and I don't quote me, but I'm pretty sure it doesn't take much for my head to turn for the camera to see the corner of that wing. So I'm dying to hopefully find that camera, but I'm, I'm not planning on it. Well, I think with a, with a metal detector, and I'm sure that there's people out in your area that have a waterproof metal detector, 
um, we'll be able to find it and that'll be pretty good. And it was a GoPro that was waterproof, I hope? Uh, no, absolutely no, because I wasn't planning on going swimming. Uh, it's waterproof was in the case, but I wasn't planning on swimming with it. So hopefully though, the card will still record up to that point. So Yeah, the card will probably record up until the thing died and it shouldn't hurt the card. And that's how the last one did it, so. Yeah, I've actually recovered cards off drones that were crashed and been out in the water for a week or two and never had a problem. That's good. Yeah, last time I recovered my drone from the lake, it was about 15 feet, and I could still see the orange and the, or the green and the red lights flashing, so I could at least find it that way. Um, <laughs> still recorded fine, so. I'd like that would happen really? to your phone. I mean, if you're, they would have had it, it should have been returned to you. Yeah, that's strange. Well, a bigger issue in there, too, is really all my time in ICU, and then I went to Bronson Battle Creek. I don't remember much of anything before that time. So a lot of the stuff that was getting worked out, I don't have recollection of. Um, a lot of it's coming back to me. I, I received a copy of the police report a few days ago for the first time. And I had no idea that Jerry is the one they called the sheriff's department and all that stuff. Um, I learn more about it every day. Um, so. Well, I think we're going to try to find your video and play it here just in case um, people have not seen your video. Oh, Andrew's got it here. Andrew, thank you. Let's go ahead and watch this. Now with the audio off, at what second is this right now? At 30 seconds? He's saying what a beautiful, you know, flight it is. He's not having any problems. Is there any way that you can give just a little bit of sound? I can, but it's very, very, very loud. So I'll just try to peek it. Okay. okay. Um, Everything really starts to happen oh. right at. 15 seconds before the end. Just tell me if it's uh, too loud because it's okay. Weird. That's pretty much what it felt like. So, um, the first few times I watched that video were really hard. I won't lie. 
um, sitting in a hospital bed all by yourself, watching the video of you hitting the ground was a little hard to take for the first week or two. Yeah. Yeah. It, they wouldn't have cut it all off there. It'd be nice to have the whole video. Well, because there's probably a delay between the recording and the uploading to YouTube. I can tell you that as I hit the ice, the uh, I did land feet first. As I hit feet first, it kind of hit me about midsection as I went through the ice. My upper body and my head then went ahead and physically hit the ice from there and then broke the ice out. The, the actual frame of the motor itself was still being supported on the ice itself. And that's what uh, Brad had seen digging from the ice was one side of the frame. So while I was underwater, the, believe it or not, the actual, uh, my CO2 inflation system didn't get wet enough to actually inflate. So it stayed dry. Um, that part of the paramotor apparently stayed above the ice. Wow, we have one question. Doug, could you please turn your phone sideways so your head is not so small? Again, JP. Um, does anybody in the chat want to come in and uh, talk with us live? You're more than welcome to. Nick, do you want to go ahead and put our room number in? This is Zoom, so just open up your Zoom. Go to the room, put in the password that we're going to have here on the chat, and uh, come on in and chat with us. Um, I know that Doug said that it, you know after a while of talking, it's uh, more and more difficult to talk. So it's already been what about forty-five minutes, or actually since we've been talking about an hour. I don't want to ruin his voice box. So if anybody wants to jump in and chat with us, Nick will let you in. Are you send still? Link up. I'm getting ready to send a link out in a second. Hold on here. Okay. Uh, I got a link. And it's okay. I'm pretty good at overdoing it on most op in most uh, applications. So um, I don't have speech therapy till later in the week. So that's what this is. This is speech therapy. Yeah. Good speech therapy. And you said before this all started too. I mean, before we started the show, that you had a little bit of brain damage where you weren't able to speak or eat or walk. Everything that you're doing right now, you had to completely relearn. Could you tell us maybe a little bit about that and, and your struggles with it? And uh, how much further do you think you have to go until you're 100% back to normal? Um, I'll share parts of it that I want to. Um, exactly. exactly. And really, uh, I spent... Okay, depending what doctor you listen to. I spent enough time underwater and I was deprived of oxygen long enough that in all honesty, I could be a complete vegetable right now. Um, when I was done with ICU, um, when I hit the ice, I broke both, I uh, shattered both heels when I hit the ice. I broke both Achilles tendons. As I went into the ice, I, I uh, burst disc, or uh, I burst disc L5. Um, 
and luckily I burst it towards the outside so it didn't go towards the nerve bundle. I also landed with both arms out and then tore up both rotator cuffs, which are actually gonna be my biggest hurdle to returning to flying, or is gonna be my left rotator cuff. Um, but I tore those up, and then my head physically hitting the ice broke both orbital bones under my eyes, and then broke, there's a bone behind your sinuses on the skull. Um, it broke that and it broke my jaw. Um, so the first two days, um, I guess I guess immediately picking me up, uh, the, the first responders picking me up brought me to Lakeview Pawpaw. Lakeview Pawpaw was in no way, shape, or form set up to deal with me at all. So they basically intubated me, stuck me in an ambulance, and drove me to, uh, to Bronson. And... Bronson ICU, I spent the next three days relatively sedated, trying to come back online. Um, when I originally came back and everything, part of it was probably drugs and stuff like that. But in all honesty, I figured that I was in trouble and rational thought may no longer be a friend of mine. Um, as the days progressed, my brain started coming more and more online. The doctor that actually did a lot of the surgery said that he told my brother and my son that he is going to wake up paralyzed on the right-hand side. Um, he will overcome it. It'll come back. I guess that's one of the natural things the body does when you're deprived of oxygen is it starts shutting down neurological paths to parts of the body. So when I woke up, my right-hand side was completely paralyzed. Legs, arm, um, all that kind of stuff. It also greatly affected my voice box, my throat, swallowing, that kind of stuff. I had to relearn a lot of that kind of thing. Um, the, the left-hand side has been perfectly strong. It's just been really, really sore. It's been really sore because I realized the first few days I was in ICU, apparently I was kind of combative and they tied me down multiple times. So I spent three days trying to break surgical restraints and beds and I caused a little bit of damage at the hospital and I broke a set of restraints and um, a lot of that just exasperated the left-hand shoulder injury a little bit. So as I started coming a little bit more online, um, the Bronson did everything they could. The facility at Bronson Battle Creek was in no way, shape, or form in a position to take care of somebody that was in my position. Um, I was literally, other than having two limbs that moved, I couldn't talk. I'm half paralyzed. Um, literally, I can't wipe my own ass. So it wasn't the best place for me. My brother, who has been monumental in this entire process, uh, I still think he pulled a string or two at Mary Freebed and actually got me my room at Mary Freebed about a week sooner than I should have. Um, and even the first three or four days at Mary Freebed, I genuinely was thinking that I probably wasn't going to go back 
to what I did for a living, my thought process wasn't clear enough. As I gave up all the meds and everything else, everything has come back online more and more and more. Every day I had more motion. I have completely normal range of motion with every part of my body now. Um, I can walk, I can stand. Give me a week, I'll run. Um, so a lot of the paralysis stuff has gone back online. Apparently the people, and God bless my son, my brother, and a few of the people that are there almost every day to help me through this. Um, they kind of had a scale as to where I was mentally. And I'm glad to know that their scale has gotten higher and higher as the days have gone by. Um, I'm still not sure I'm 100%, but I'm probably a solid 95, 98%. Um, and I'll be honest, two months ago, I didn't think I was gonna be here like this. So work will be normal, school will be normal, student stuff will be normal. As a general rule, as scary as it is, I'm probably gonna make a 100% recovery on almost everything. The question is whether or not my voice comes back 100%. Um, but holy crap, I mean, from where I was to where I am now, um, it's pretty remarkable. That, that is, I, I did not realize how much damage there was. I mean, I was watching, you know, everything that there was on Facebook, um, you know, during this and I watched your recovery, but I did not realize how much damage that there was. Um, your, your jaw was broke. So that what did they have to wire your jaw shut too? <laughs> that whole thing's a little funny. And for what it's worth intentionally on Facebook, social media, Instagram, what have you, I try to only post positive stuff. I'm not that guy. So I don't do the, oh my God, all this stuff hurts today. I don't care. Um, it's life. Life hurts. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter. So um, when it comes to social media, I, I didn't let that part out no matter what. Um, wasn't necessary. So, yeah. Wow. The amazing thing is you're recovering as fast as you are and you do want to go back flying, which I applaud I you for that. I do want to go back flying. Um, I'm not that guy. If this would have been a jet ski, a snowmobile, motorcycle, mountain bike, let's be honest, every person that knows me knows that I am most likely to be hurt on a mountain bike. I have no fear when it comes to stupid stuff like that. Um, I can't let this take me out. So it's the one hobby that I don't, I'll give up snowmobiling and jet skiing before I give up flying. Um, it just has more, it means more inside. Um, it's a freedom never, that you can't get any other way is what it is. Yeah, I've never landed, well, yeah. this flight, who knows what I said, but I've never landed from a flight and said, wow, that sucked. It's always been, that was freaking awesome. Um, so yeah, it's that one <laughs> hobby I don't want to give up and I'm going to change how I fly. Um, for a while, I'd be willing to bet I carry a lot more altitude um, for what it's worth. Um, but I'm also probably gonna fly with other people more often, um, pick a little bit better conditions, 
ease myself back into it. Um, Maybe uh, fly with a reserve? Oh, well, I was flying with a reserve, but it didn't do a lot of good that high off the ground. Um, yeah. And, and uh, now I'm flying with two reserves, and I've got one of the new quick open ones. So, Did you um, even throw your reserve during the accident? I did not. I didn't figure I was high enough. Um, I was probably under 200 feet at high at the highest. Um, so no, I, in all honesty, it never, I had my hands and my brakes getting my feet to hit the ground was my priority at that point. And that's really all I remember. I'm just wondering what, even at 200 foot, if you had thrown the reserve, it opening even at the last few seconds might've slowed you. Well, I mean, it, you it, saw it the video, the, the video was like, boom. You know, oh my God, that scared the crap mm -hmm. out of me. And he was already in the turn. And then he was like, whoa. And he, there he was. I mean, by the time that he even said, whoa, you know, he was you know, on the ice. I mean, it was just. How, how was your, were you holding your phone in your hand, Doug? Was No, it was, I had a GoPro chesty and okay. I had it mounted on my chesty. So you had a GoPro on your chest and a GoPro on your helmet? and No, I had my phone on my chest and a GoPro on my helmet. Okay, your phone was mounted to your chest. Yeah, so the Facebook Live video was actually coming from my phone. And the only reason we have that video is because it was uploaded live. Your phone is gone. Phone, I haven't found the phone. Yeah. Okay. The police have found the phone, but right. like I said, the trail of it is missing. So I, That's, that shouldn't I mean, happen. That's they should odd. have record of where I, it's at. I'm wondering if the police have the GoPro as well, if uh, they have your phone. The police do not. At, well, going through the police report, the police report says right on there, they got my phone. It doesn't say uh -huh. anything about finding my GoPro. Okay. My best honest guess is the way the mount on it actually broke um, is I probably hit the ice, and it probably skipped for God knows how long. Um, mm -hmm. But the only reason I know that they found my phone is because it says it on the police report. Right. Okay. Where you are you looking? You should request that back, and they should send, be able to get it to you. Absolutely. That's easier said than, well, I probably have a better chance now. Um, COVID has completely shut down that office. Okay. So literally, I leave, I leave an email for the gal, and two weeks later, I finally get a reply back. Um, so maybe now that things are coming back online, uh, maybe I'll try so there's a, a, a scuba diver YouTuber that goes around and offers services like this for people who lose their cell phones, like by a boat dock or, you know, whatever, uh, nice watches, you know, in shallow water, stuff like that. He'll make an episode uh, out of uh, finding your stuff. I wonder if it wouldn't be worth contacting him. You know, this would be a pretty uh, worthwhile find if you could find your GoPro with that footage, you know, possibly get a view of the wing. Um, if you had a tangled line, this could, you know, shed a lot of light on the whole situation. Um, yeah, might be I, worth contact cool, uh, I didn't know something like that. I was wondering if it even existed. Yeah. Yeah, the way the wing went up like this and it went like completely sideways, it looked like. It's, it's the fact that when I pulled full power, I didn't level out. So that kind of tells me it had to be a collapse or a fold in the wing. But I would think with a completely inflated wing, even if I was on full tip steer under power, I would I'd end up gaining altitude in the process. Do you Not remember balls. if your brakes went light or did you have brake pressure? 
you know, all all I really remember yeah, is sure it that last minute of burying to my elb to my ankles, trying to get my feet to swing underneath me before mm-hmm. I hit the ground. Um, that's really all I remember. Doug Martin, hi, Ben Anderson. Give a hey, I'm just like so freaking happy that you are making the progress that you are. Absolutely. I, I Lindy, mean, I want to thank you for all the cards too, Lindy. Um, oh, I know you sent a couple. So, you uh, made me, me cry. I love your family. I've friended a lot of your family and everything, and, and they love you so much. Oh. Well, you just, I'm telling you what, family's everything. Oh, this is so sweet. Family's everything. Yeah. Well, if it wouldn't have been for my brother, and my, my is actually a quadriplegic, so he actually has an assisted living home and all of that. So me being able to leave Mary Freebed and go there was absolutely fantastic. Otherwise, awesome. I would have spent, otherwise, I'd still be at Mary Freebed. That's what family's for, dude. That's, I mean, that's what family's for. I tell you it what. Just, it just worked out perfect. Yeah. So. And plus, you know, being a Michigan girl, see, we have that connection. I can totally, yeah, I know that area, the whole thing. So, yeah, I have a sister who lives in Grand Rapids. So, I have, and I have a sister who lives in Holland, and I got family all over the place over there. So, God bless you. I, honestly, you're, you're doing awesome. Well, he already did. So from here on out, um, um, yeah, I figure I've used five of my nine lives. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm hoping now to use six. So you're gonna be fine. And you got your doggies, your cute little doggy, the the little one that you adopted and everything. And yep. I followed him on your Facebook. And yeah, they've all been a big part of recovery too. So yep, yep, exactly. I know what you mean. No, you take care of you and everything. Like I said, you got family there, family strong, and that's what it's about. Absolutely. So don't do that anymore. You scared the crap out of me by watching that video. <laughs> I was like, ah, wait, wait, wait. And then I, I, when it went off, I started like messaging, trying to message people, you know, like Mitchell Briggs. He lives in Grand Rapids there in that area. And I'm like, Mitchell, you got it. And then he tried to get a hold of somebody else. And I had my own little posse going. I did, Doug. I did. So. In case you don't know it, Doug, uh, Linda is uh, Robert Michael's uh, mom. And she's kind of become everybody's like paramotor mom online here. We've all gotten to know her real well. You helped yeah. me get through my, my uh, quarantine, you know. I just went back to work today. So yeah, like, I, like I said, it was really nice for everyone to take the same time off that I had to. That was really <laughs> <cool>. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, I didn't miss anything. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're awesome, Doug. I'm going to keep praying for you. and You got this, dude. You got this. Well, I'm, I have, um, I'm back on the bicycle. I'm back mountain biking. Good. So Good. we'll get that. I'll be swimming pretty soon. So we get all that stuff going, and then uh, okay. then I'll fly. I'll send you a cowboy hat for good luck. And you just get nice. on that flight with your cowboy hat, and you just go. That was <laughs> one thing I was amazed at. I was amazed at how many people sent letters and things like that. Um, hundreds. I told you. I told you. Um, I'm dumbfounded at people who 
I've got one group that donated a bunch of funds for gas cards and stuff that I didn't want, but they did anyway. And I've got Van Buren County Police Department donated uh, three weeks of ample pantry. It's amazing a lot of the people that have gotten together and uh, made donations, taken pictures, sent cards. Um, I'm pretty taken back at some of the support I've gotten. You are the humblest guy I've ever known. I mean, it's awesome, dude. So you got family strong here, and, you know, we got your back, and you'll be okay. There are a lot of people out here. You're going to be crying now. Dang it. There are a lot of people out here that deserve this more than I do. But Uh, if it's going to happen to me, this is the best possible outcome from the incident. So um, given a really, really bad incident, Every little thing has been just right. So there you go. There you go. Exactly. All um, right. I mean, even if I, I, I managed to get on a Mary Free bed Friday the thirteenth. If I had if it had been Monday the fifteenth or sixteenth, I would have been stuck there because of COVID. <laughs> so literally timing. everything happened just like it was supposed to. Yeah. Um yep. timing was perfect. Um I couldn't imagine being in ICU and not being able to have family and friends visit. Oh my God, the problems that I was in yeah. the hospital already. Okay. My son oh, and my brother yeah, I about that too. from beating the crap out of everybody. I Apparently, I punched my son in the nuts. <laughs> a nurse Uh-oh. in the nuts. Um, I broke a set of restraints. I bent a bed. I kicked the wall. Um, yeah. Apparently, I had all sorts of issues. So, thank God they were there for that. Look at you now, Doug. Look at you. You're just like the rock star. You're the rock star, man. I'm only as retarded as I usually am. (laughs) (laughs) Keep that humor going. You keep that laughing and that smile and you'd be fine. I'm trying not to uh, cry. I'm good. Okay. Okay. My my wife will come back online too eventually. So. Really, it sounds stupid. I had to figure out how to use those damn muscles. Um, So breathing, diaphragm, all that stuff, um, that was the biggest problem for four weeks was being able to drink something or eat something. Um, Figuring out how to make all that crap move or what have you uh, was the weirdest part of all of this. Um, But again, it's 99% online, so. Yeah, um, you're, a you little are an bit inspiration. Of totally, you're an so, inspiration, Doug. Absolutely. Well, I'm I'm an idiot, and I am no, not. You're not. No, you're not. not. No, you're not. No, you're not. No, you're not. Things happen. Um, you're not. No, I'm. I have no. You say, I am great. You gotta say I'm great every morning. Get up and say I'm great. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. No, not me. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's not me. Okay, I'm gonna uh, tell your family. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna message her, your brother. I'm gonna say, will you tell him every day he's great? Okay. Oh, she will too. She'll do it. <laughs> hey, don't, don't get her started. She, she'll sit there and message. She has nothing better to do. <laughs> I know. Anyway, I'll let you guys. Yeah, you guys. If you have to ask questions, but yeah, Doug. Nice to meet you. Turn your grade into your dick. So it won't matter. <laughs> Uh, um, really. so. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. You're awesome. All right. I, I'm going to kind of just sit here and wipe my tears, whatever. Happy tears. But um, 
let the guys, you know, they got questions over there. <laughs> I'm just hanging out. It's all good. Well, for what is, what is worth, Lindy, I appreciated your attention. So, uh, <laughs> I appreciate you. So. No, you, mm -hmm. like I said, you're an inspiration to everybody, and it's mm -hmm. all going to be okay. So, yep. said, family strong. They love you. Well, I'll tell you to tell the same thing I tell everybody else. Aim higher than thinking and then that's right that's what i tell my students do um no you don't want to be me See? higher you want to be better so you, know, you, you can write a book you should just write a book i think that's a lot of words and spelling <laughs> i know i know exactly you know i can totally relate yeah. to that yeah people yeah. tell me Linda, you know you need to write a book i'm like oh well you know uh, i live with textbooks till i'm done <laughs> mm -hmm. i know huh <laughs> No, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. I'll be checking on you on Facebook. You With know. your recovery, you might be in a textbook now. I will say my doctors, I, God bless doctors. Um, mm -hmm. The doctors for my feet, I love that guy because my last appointment with him, he said right up front, he goes, you need to know, I know who you are. I know what you do. I know all the mountain biking. I know the flying. My son races with your son. I know that there is mm -hmm. no chance that anything I'm going to tell you, you're going to follow through on for advice. So the only thing I'm <laughs> going to tell you is if it hurts, stop it. That's stupid. So that was his <laughs> doctor's advice to me. I love that guy. Um, yeah. that's there you go. Yeah. There you go. Kudos. 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 Oh. The other doctor told me that he did a fantastic job, and that's why <laughs> I'm doing well. So that's right. He You're wanted to, to to burst his own bubble. So yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, you'll be fine. Okay, um, back to you, Sean. <laughs> oh, well, I'm I'm just I'm just listening. I mean, this is just absolutely amazing. I mean, it's really neat because you know I've been watching this the story unfold, you know, since, uh, since Valentine's. And mm -hmm. when Doug said that he'll, he'll jump on here and, and chat with us, I was, I was really surprised. And uh, I was excited when you, when you, and I was like, who's on the show? And then you told me, I'm like, yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it's one of those things that stupid shit happens every day. It happened to me. Oh, doesn't it? Yeah. And in all honesty, the last thing I, I have a few people that think I am absolutely insane for trying to fly again. Um, oh, no, not I at all. Blame no. that. I blame the event. You know what? I, it could have been me stepping off the stairs or a big ass jump or meeting a tree on the sled. It's just an event. Yeah. Um, it just yep. happened to be over the damn fair motor. So. Doug, I cracked, I cracked my L1 vertebrae crashing an airplane, fixed wing. In there we go. I can, not nearly what you went through, not at all. But I can appreciate when you say I wouldn't quit doing it for anything. I wouldn't quit this stuff for anything. No, it's one of those. Once you're up there and you're, especially those days, you're right above the clouds and everything's blocked out and the whole world is yours. At that point, you know, it's so satisfying. There really is. There are a few things I really enjoy doing. Nothing is as satisfying as those few moments that I get to myself flying around. 
How's it go when you're up in the air and like you said, like that, and nothing else is happening? It's like everything is right with the world. Well, the world can be blown up and nothing's wrong. Everything's wonderful. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Once you get the bug. Oh yeah. That's it. You're you're yep. you've had it. I know. I keep hearing this and I, I don't know, you know, Canada was pretty good with Robert. If I were to get my bus back to San Diego. But I'd have to borrow Canon because uh yeah. Um I, I think Canons are kind of expensive, I've been hearing, so I'd have to like, you know, take a loan out or something borrow <laughs> somebody Canon. But <laughs> but yeah. That would be crazy. Because the only thing they would see if I was tanning with Robert, um, I'd probably be screaming like the whole time. Like not, not for nothing, but um, as a, just a personal bit of advice, I would suggest for for your sake and for Robert's sake, okay, find a you. local tandem, take yeah. it up, and once you've got the feel of it, then you can go fly with Robert because there's oh, a lot okay. of stress on a son taking his mom up. Oh yeah, and you know, I mean, I mean, it's I mean, he I'm sure he can handle it and everything, but this is always in the back of his mind. It's like, oh god, what if I fuck up? I'm gonna kill my mom. You can have like a practice session of tandem, like a rehearsal rehearsal thing. So it's not like I just go out there and say, I want a tandem. And then I just sit down on the tandem and off we go. So it's more like a <laughs> mental thing, like get you ready for kind of thing. There's so many flight schools that'll give you a tandem for like, I don't know, like 40, 50 bucks. I worry about falling out of the, out of the seat because I'm just a yeah. mini. You're strapped in. You can't fall out of the seat. You can't fall out. That's the last thing you got to worry about. Yeah, if you're falling out of the seat, you didn't put something on right. And the instructor won't let you do that. Oh, my God. Nah. Funny. Someday, I, you know, we'll figure it out. But, yeah. yeah. So, I don't know. Back to you, Pete. Oh, boy. <laughs> I come on to ask questions, and while I was coming on, he answered all the questions. I had. <laughs> you can ask more. Someday. Oh, I hear you. you know, we're all here. We're family. Oh, we do, well, we do have Casey Moore. He jumped on. Casey, do yeah. you have any uh, questions yeah, for Doug? Yeah, Casey. Right. Get him in the house. Uh oh. Did he freeze up? He from, nope, there he is. There he is. Casey? What's up, Casey? Hey, Casey. I don't see Casey. He probably. Casey, oh. I don't think his audio is on. No, no audio. Can't hear you, Casey. I see JP. Okay. I don't hear anything from Casey either. Casey, if you can hear us. Yeah, yeah. Turn your audio on, Casey. We can see your video, but no audio. Also, Casey, if you can hear us, turn your phone sideways. Yeah. I don't see any. <laughs> JP's a real stickler for that stuff. Dude, it's yeah. it, it's a pet peeve. I, it <laughs> I, I've noticed that. You know, every time someone has one the other way, you you like what the hell. But if you turn it yeah, sideways, see, he can hear us. That, that, if you, if you turn it sideways, though, we can see him better, and we and know that he can hear us. And you're watching this, you can't actually see. I mean, everybody's heads are cut off, so it's easier to turn it this yeah. way, so you yeah. can see everybody from his perspective. Yeah, yeah. So my head's you, can hear us now. you guys can see me, right? My head's yep. not cut off, is it? Nope. It's only when only when I'm on the phone yeah. and I have it this way. Oh, the phone. Oh, okay. Right. I don't see Casey's microphone muted, so never see enough of you, Linda. I probably has the wrong audio source selected. It happens. It's yes, it's complicated, believe me. 
Look at that time. Remember, look at that time when I tried to get on Zoom that night and oh yeah, yeah. It's because I tried to do a background picture the day before and oh, I'm like, Oh, I got this and then I open everything up and didn't realize that I still have that other thing on there and it looked like somebody splashed blue paint on my cowboy hat and everything and yep. Robert was on there and I was like freaking out. Yeah. So I can totally relate. Mm -hmm. So hopefully the weather's getting nicer in Michigan. I don't know. It'll get a little bit better here towards the end of the week, I think. A little yeah. too windy, but at least it'll be above freezing. It'll be <laughs> 70 or 80, but... Um. Uh, Doug, my, my younger son lives in Batasti, so I've done many summer trips, some winter trips there, you know, and everything since being in Arizona. But now my family, they're all trying to talk me into moving back and the whole mm. thing. And so... It may be a plan. I mean, figure it out. But I gotta find my that cowboy out there though. If I move, and my son's like, "Well, I don't know about that, but maybe we can work on it." So there you go. Well, you're not gonna find him in Arizona. Hell no! You got that right. Like <laughs> forget about it. Yeah, yeah. The only good thing in Arizona is the heat. Oh, not good. yeah. In the winter, it is. <laughs> the winters are nice. Yeah. Summers, no. Not so okay. much, yeah. Forget about it. Oh, wait. Okay. Is that audio on? There, there we go. Hey, about time, dude. What up? What up, Casey? Yeah, you guys are talking about tandem. I'm trying to go tandem. And, uh, I don't know, JP. Yeah. You set up for that, or am I set up for tandem? Yeah. I am not. Uh, I think my oh. instructor has a rig. Um, you're around here, aren't you? Yep. Yeah. Went out of Wadsworth. Say that again. Yeah. Out of Wadsworth. Yeah. Wadsworth. I went up to Cleveland. I went up to uh, um, Edgewater. I guess there were some paragliders up there, but I, I was just up there kiting. I didn't even see him. They were up on the hill. I don't even know how to get up there. Like from driving wise to park. It's a big park. It's right on the water. Uh, well, next time yeah, you go there, pull out Google Maps, put it into satellite view, look where you're standing, look where they're at. You should be able to find the roads. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I was, uh, well, I, I just wanted to kite. You know, I just wanted to get used to that mojo and stuff. And mm -hmm. Like I went. I left my windsock up there. I had to go back and get it. And uh, so I had to, it was only a two mile an hour wind inland. And then it was about probably eight over there. I don't know if they were getting any air. I didn't see them. So it's okay. It's, you're way north of Cleveland area. He's down yeah. more towards my way. Yeah, the windy app is great for that. It, 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 it granulates the, 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 the wind yeah, I didn't, a lot I didn't better. Bring up. I just, I just was, uh, I just went up there and was kiting. Yeah, there was a lot of people. I don't even think it was, there would have been room to take off and stuff. So, yeah, it was definitely. If you're doing anything this weekend, uh, Casey, I think Sunday we might be getting together and uh, okay, get uh, my instructor to take you up on a, what do you call it, a Damn. discovery flight or. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Casey yeah. Moore, Casey Moore, I'm sending you a, I'm sending you a friend request. I'm, uh, I'm Robert Michael's mom. Oh, okay. Oh. Mm-hmm. So I, like, these are all my, like, my homies, you know, on here, you know, my family. Parents, yeah, Linda. Parents, you know, okay. Oh, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> nice. I, I know, I should have I should have put, I, I have a shirt in my closet because Robert, you know. I go, I want a shirt. Okay, mom. Yes, mom. You know, he listens to me, so, yeah. Well, we're soon we're going to have uh, shirts for our show, so you'll have to get one of those. I know. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I'm going to send Casey Moore a um, funny request here. There we go. Okay. So he doesn't think, like, who is this woman sending me a friend request? Where are okay. you flying on Sunday, uh, JP? We uh, Ohio or Red Stewart Airport. Um, that's where Chris tends to. Chris is set up out of Ohio. He goes to Red Stewart a lot. Uh, these are um, areas southwest of Columbus, in between Columbus and Cincinnati, basically. Depending on what the okay. weather does, I'm hoping. The weather holds up. If the weather's going to be good, let me know. I'll come down. Absolutely, man. Good morning, I need, Mary, some, I need some flight time and a little bit of uh, landing practice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, worked out. I'll, I'll be with you guys later trying to – whenever I get a break. Are you on Facebook? Yeah. Yeah, he's there. Yeah. Find me on uh, Facebook and send me a message. And, uh, okay. Yeah, I was doing this instrument. It's a webinar thing, and that's on at the same time as this. But it was getting. It's. I'm, I don't even have a pilot's license, so it's really technical, you know. So. Yeah. Are you doing an instrument rating uh, webinar? Yeah, yeah. It's on. Uh, I put the link on it. That that was four flight to, um, on the Central Ohio, PPG. Messenger. But yeah, it's good information. But yeah, I'll get back with you guys later. Okay. Yeah work down here right on man we'll be here like always <laughs> okay all right all right be safe there casey okay all right thanks all right. thank Take you Bye. Yep. all right so we're going to go ahead and end this particular show and uh, we'll continue to have the uh the chatting and stuff but let's go ahead and wrap this up doug thank you so much for sharing your story totally appreciate it Thank you for being on the show. Awesome. Yes, thank you, Doug. Love yeah, you thank you for being on, sharing your story. It's nice to uh, hear a story yeah. like that, a survival and all you had to go through. Well, thank you. I really want to, I really owe a huge thank you to every person out there that's said a good word or kept a good thought or said a prayer. It's amazing the support that I've had through this entire event. If it hadn't been for that, it probably would have been a different outcome as well. So, um, yeah, don't, if you want to fly, don't let it discourage you. It was just mm-hmm. a bad event. It just happened to be a terrible event. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah, we safe. got it. You safe. You're yep. doing you awesome. Bet. I saw you just get up and cruise around the room there. So, Doug. Yeah, yeah, give me a week. I'll be running. So. Yeah, you will. Awesome. I know you will. Give him a month, he'll be back on the motor and in the air again. Yeah, that's right. That's it. 
Yeah, definitely. We're gonna have to all get together and wing tip touch uh, eventually, right? Oh yeah, it's definitely yeah. one to you gotta wing bump him now. Wing bump. There you go. Yeah. My therapist right. was yeah, up to anyway. I canceled my therapy appointment last week Thursday, and went and picked my new wing up instead. Um, okay. So she was all sore. So. <laughs> Uh oh, good deal. If you guys are listening to this, you're probably listening to this at paratalk.org. You can swing over to iloveppg.com and check us out. We'll have this up here live. Well, Memorex, it's not really live if you're watching this after the, after the fact. But uh, thank you all for watching. Subscribe if you haven't, and you all have a great evening. Wait a minute, wait, Sean, before you sign off. So, we're not so, signing off. That was just the oh, end you're of the not off, so I just like stay here. Live right stream. Now, that was, that was so, just the that was just the end of the audio podcast. Okay, so then it goes right to the after show or something. We're yep. on the after show. We're, we're on, on the after show. show.